Welcome to Max's Table, a food podcast from the State Hornet, where we talk about food and its power to connect people to culture, to history, and to each other. My guest today is former Sac State football player Jordan Thomas, who's now better known as Chef JT. Jordan's a Sacramento local who graduated from Intercom High School. He joined the Hornets football team as a defensive back in 2015. But his college football career ended almost as quickly as it began when early in his sophomore year, after redshirting as a freshman and appearing in only one game, he suffered a serious concussion. Lingering symptoms ultimately caused him to give up football forever. Chef JT graduated from Sac State in 2018 with a degree in communications, and prior to the pandemic, was working at car auctions, but like so many people, lost his job when everything was shut down. But the shutdown opened up a new opportunity for Jordan. After an outpouring of positive feedback on an Instagram post of a meal he made for his girlfriend, an old dream of being a chef and spreading joy with his food was reawakened. Chef JT hasn't looked back, and now is on a new adventure as a private chef and caterer under the name Visionary Eats. He also started giving cooking tutorials on YouTube, where he's gained more than 1,500 subscribers. I highly recommend checking out his seafood mac and cheese video, although don't torture yourself by watching it when you're hungry. Jordan and I started by talking about when he first realized that he may want to grow up to be a chef after he cooked a special dinner for his mom. When did you know that cooking was something that you thought you might want to do for a career? Uh, When I was younger, I was always into cooking. Uh, My dad, he was a great cook, so I've I've always used to, like, get in the kitchen behind him, clean up behind him to see what he was doing, and I eventually started making my own meals. One day when I was a kid, my dad gave me the idea. He said, how about you surprise your mom and set the house up as a restaurant? So we set the house up as a restaurant. I created the menus, laid the table out, did the plate settings and all that. And... um. I got to cook and I, I, I put out the menus to my uh, family. They chose what they want. And then um, I got to cooking and then like seeing that prepared, just like, wow, this is dope. I would love to like do this as a career. As I got older, I, I still loved cooking. But then in high school, I kind of got swayed away from cooking because the uh, the girl that I had a crush on my sophomore year, she told me, I told her I wanted to be a chef and she told me chefs didn't make any money. So after I heard that, I kind of like, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't <laughs> be a chef, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but um, as I got older, I just felt, I fell right back in love with it and come to find out they do make good money. So I should have never listened to her. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. How old were you when you did that restaurant deal at home for your mom? Mm, I want to say probably about nine. Probably about, probably about nine. I started, started pretty young. Cool. I know you went to Intercom High School. Did you grow up here in Sacramento? For the most part, yes. I came here from, um, I moved I moved to Sacramento from Georgia. So I, was, I came out here in the eighth grade, I want to say. Okay. And then from, from the eighth grade on, I've been to Sacramento. So I went to high school in Sacramento, went to college in Sacramento. Before we get back into food, let's talk a little bit about what was your Sac State football career like? Tell me a little bit about the transition from from football to chef. In my second season with Sac State, I ended up getting a very bad concussion. It wasn't my first one, but it was for sure my worst one. Um, and ever since I got that concussion, I was just like never really – the same. I couldn't really mm. um, give my all to the football because it set me back a lot. I, I'll be in class and I'll have like, we get headaches out of nowhere, just get lightheaded, get dizzy. 
I just wasn't the same. So I kind of knew that I was kind of closing that chapter in my life when it came to football. I ended up medically retiring with uh, Sacramento State. I mean, once I medically retired, I still stayed close around the football team, but I just couldn't I couldn't play anymore. So it was it was a very it was very hard it was a hard time in my life having to transition from life of a student athlete to this life as a student because I played football my whole life, so that was really all I knew. So doing that transition was very tough. How I got into cooking from that was when this, when COVID first hit in February, I buy and sell cars. So the, the car auction closed down on me because of COVID and I needed to look for a new way to get some income. So I'm like, let me get back to, let me get back on my grind of cooking and see how it will go. So first I started selling plates and then I started doing um, some private chef events and just took off from there. And I have a cooking show on YouTube. I'm doing cooking classes also. So just just starting now, so it's, it's been going very well. Right on. How did you find gigs doing uh, work as a private chef? How did you sort of market that and get started with it? Um, well, the first thing I did, um, my girlfriend at the time, I, I gave her a really nice um, romantic dinner. And I, I recorded that, and I just uh, I posted it on my story, and people were like, oh, wow, that's, that's, that's so cool. That's so dope. I would love for you to come do this for, for my lady or something like that, you know? So that's really how I started just doing it for myself and then posting it out to social media and then letting a lot of other eyes see it to me going there and cooking for them, cooking for their family. And I've just been building off ever just been building off that ever since. I know it looks like from you know, your social media and some of the videos you have that you definitely lean into sort of like uh Caribbean style cooking and, you know, a lot of jerk seasoning and I love a jerk, lot of seafood. Yeah. Is that sort of what you grew up? Yeah, um, is that what you grew up eating? Actually, not at all. No, I did. I didn't grow up eating that at all. Cause I don't. I don't. I don't eat a lot of food. Um, I just, I don't eat um red meats or pork. But I still. I still cook those things because um, yeah, as a chef, you have to be able to cook everything. Sure. I I rely on seafood a lot. It's like I love doing seafood. I love doing bringing the island flavors into the seafood and then to the chicken, turkeys. I just I just love like that that islander flavor. Cause I, I love spicy food. Like that, that for sure be my staple. But yeah, so then what was what was food? What was cooking like at home growing up? What was your dad cooking? He did like a lot of meatloafs, um, a lot of spaghetti, a lot of hamburgers, um, good meals that was able to feed uh, your family in a in a timely manner. You know, but then it was, yeah. but then it was a lot of times to where it wasn't like family dinner, and he'll just like play around and just like make something that he had on his mind. Um, me, I feel like me and my me and my dad, my my dad taught me literally everything I know was cooking. I I try to I try to call him out a few times and try to beat him with some recipes, but I always end up failing. That's uh, I I can't I can't beat pops. I can't I can't beat the master. So tell me a little bit about your cooking style. How did you you know do you have any formal training in cooking? Have you worked in a in a restaurant kitchen at all, or is it all sort of home cooking and then right into doing private private event cooking? Well. When I was younger, my, my parents, they always knew I was into cooking and wanted to be a chef. So they, they signed me up for a few cooking classes, five cooking classes growing up here and there. I did sushi, I did pasta making. I did a, I did like a, like a seafood course one time when I was younger also. I think that's what really got me into the seafood. And then I also, um, my dad, we went to this restaurant and my dad's a very social person. So we got, we got to talking to the, uh, some of the workers at this restaurant and the chef ended up coming out. And him and my dad got, they made um, good friends. And then the next time he came, he introduced me to the chef. And the chef was very cool. He told me a lot of things. And he um, offered me like an intern in his kitchen. So I worked in this, I worked in a, it was was a um, Louisiana Cajun kitchen. 
I worked there for uh, oh, nice. a few months, um, probably when I was, I want to say middle school. So just like, wow. so it's like getting like the ins and outs of the kitchen. And that was, that was the only time I worked in a professional kitchen. Is working in a kitchen or owning a restaurant something you're interested in? Or do you like kind of the angle of being able to do private events and not necessarily dealing with the, you know, the really hectic high pressure of the restaurant world? My goal is to um, open a restaurant and, of course, work there for, like, the first few years just to, like, get it going and get the ball rolling and then for sure have have some more chefs and cooks replace me while I'm just, like, doing the ownership part of, uh, part of the whole thing. Develop food and develop recipes and let somebody else for sure, yeah. keep doing that and cook. Yeah. yeah w- what would Chef JT's menu look like? Mm, Chef JT's menu. Well, my dream, my dream restaurant is I want to open a, um, I want to open a nice, huge sports bar. Okay. I want, yeah, and I was gonna. I'll call it the the fifty yard line. So it'd be like a football theme. You know how ESPN zone is, with all like mm-hmm. the sports yeah. memorabilia on the wall. It'll, it'll, it'll be like that, but just like more like uh, pointed towards the football theme. I have some Sac State stuff in there, some NFL guys in there. Would you do like elevated bar food, or would you do different type of food? Um, I'll, I'll do elevated bar food. I'll also do a lot of. I find I'll have like some special days to where every day through the week is a different theme of food. So like you said, I I can have a Caribbean week, a Caribbean day. I can have a soul food day, game, like a Sunday game day menu with like the burgers, the wings. So uh, I wanted to ask you, because I know jerk seasoning is something you don't see a lot and something it's one of the like few seasonings I haven't ever really looked up and I have no idea what's in it, but, or what it really is. So what is, what is jerk seasoning? Well, like I said, I have, I have a YouTube cooking channel, so my next, my next one now that will the, the next video that I'm gonna release, I'll give away my jerk recipe. So yeah, to stay tuned for the for the YouTube for that. My YouTube is Visionary Eats, and I'll, I'll make sure that the jerk nice. the jerk recipe will be the next one that goes up there. Okay, you make your own jerk seasoning blend. Yes. Okay, that sounds good. What's the main ingredient in jerk? What's what's a main ingredient in jerk seasoning? A main ingredient. Um. Yeah. There's so many ingredients that go into it, but um, I would say um, a lot of different peppers and a lot of different peppers and what's, what's another main one I was pointing out there. Um, I, I I use nutmeg in my season, in my jerk seasoning, so a lot okay. of different peppers and nutmeg. Gotcha. Um, I always like to ask people who cook, um, you know, cook for a living what you say to the average person who they find out, you know, that you work as a chef and they're like, Oh man, I'm a terrible cook. I can't cook. Like, what do you, what do you say to the average person who says they can't cook? Who says they can't cook. Um, I believe everybody can cook. It's really just comes from within. Um, like with, like with my cooking, none of my meals are ever going to taste the exact same. I cook how I feel. It's like cooking is an, it's an expression. Mm-hmm. So I feel like whenever, whoever says they're not a good cook, just get in the kitchen, see what you got in your cabinet, just get creative, combine flavors you never thought that will combine, and it might actually come out good. That's how I got into it. Just, yeah, it's, it's really trial and error. You got to play around with it and see what you like. In one of the YouTube videos I watched, you, you know, you talked about cooking as an art form, which I certainly think that it is. So just what does kind of cooking and food mean for you as far as being able to feed other people and, and get to express yourself through the dishes that you make? I just love being able to express myself and put it in a in a plate format. And when people bite into that, I love seeing their reactions, seeing them smile, seeing them close their eyes. Like, wow. Like, like I love just seeing people react once they taste my food and bring in joy. 
you were working for um, a car auction house and that when COVID hit, it kind of forced you to look towards something else and you decided to look back into cooking. And so I'm just curious about that. COVID obviously has been really difficult for, for most people, but it sounds like for you, it kind of forced you to maybe attack a passion that for whatever reason you hadn't been, you know, looking that much into or sort of trying to figure out something new and maybe discovered something. For sure. And I'm wondering what, what that experience has been like, particularly after losing something like football, how does it feel now to kind of feel like maybe you're on a path to doing the thing you feel like you're supposed to be doing? It actually, it feels great to be honest with you. Um, Cause over, over these past few months with me really trying to give my all to cooking, it opened up a lot of doors for me, doors that I never thought that I would be able to get into. And it also just showed myself that I'm capable of doing a lot of things. I'm not like, I'm not a one-sided person. You know, I'm always going to be able to adapt to my, uh, to my situation and always try my best to prevail and come out on top. So uh, this cooking, it just really showed me a lot of growth in myself that I didn't know I had. I never thought I'd be able to cook for 50 plus people or 50th wedding anniversaries and just, Mm. Um, I, I didn't know I, I didn't think that I had the power to bring this much joy to people with, through my simple cooking where did the name Visionary Eats come from um, the name Visionary Eats came from my um, my clothing brand I have a clothing brand called a luxury vision clothing I wanted to make this other um, thing that I'm good at I wanted to combine those two and like like an umbrella company so um, I just took the name Visionary Luxury Vision Visionary Eats I feel like we all invent, we, we, food can be very visionary since you see it. And it's just, I just try to win them over with the eye. And I feel like the name goes hand in hand with the visionary eats. When did you start the clothing company? Um, I started the clothing company back in 2000 and 2014. Okay. Yeah, I started that back in uh, my last year of high school with my friend Moogie. We started the clothing brand. And we, we did we did very well in that. I kind of fell off of it, but I'm getting right back on it now that I have my uh, my cooking thing going. So I wanted to keep the momentum going and get it line everything back up. Are there any YouTube chefs or chef personalities that you're fans of? Um, well, my my number one chef, I, I love G Garvin. I, I was I was a kid watching him just on the big screen. Like, well, I like I thought that was so cool. Um, I love G Garvin. Chef Aaron, he had, he had a show on Food Network called Big Daddy's House. I love watching his food. Darius Cooks, I'm a big fan of his stuff. What are some of your favorite spots in Sacramento? Give me a secret spot that I don't know about in Sacramento that you as a as a foodie and a chef like to go to. Q1227. It is Q1227? Q, have you heard of it? Uh-uh. Yeah, Q12, Q, Q1227. It's not exactly in Sacramento, but it's in Roseville. Okay. Great place. I met the chef there. Great guy. And um, it's just like the, the ambiance of the restaurant is very nice. Yeah, so that would be a spot you should go check out. Q1227. Great what spot. type of food is it? Um, I think they, they labeled it as a some as like an upscale soul food place. Okay. Yeah. When I went, I had the, um, I had the lobster bisque. Um, I had the lobster bites, and I had the southern fried chicken, and the food was amazing. Nice. That sounds good. And so at the end of every show, I just asked for the same four rapid-fire questions that are all personal food questions. And the first one is, what's your favorite cheap guilty pleasure? Cooking-wise or just eating-wise out somewhere? Just eating-wise out somewhere, yeah. That's a good question. Okay, uh, I love Wingstop. 
Um, I love <laughs> Wingstop. <laughs> I love Wingstop too. Wingstop. <laughs> I don't know if they put sugar on their fries or what, but they do something with their the, fries. Those, yeah, they do. It's yeah, those fries are amazing, and the and yeah. the um and the dinner rolls. Ooh, can't beat yeah. those. <laughs> <laughs> what what wing flavors do you get? I like the atomic. I like the atomic and the uh, mango habanero. Yeah, I love the mango habanero. Nice. Yeah, those, those are my top two right there. On the flip side of that, if you've got if money's no object, you're gonna go spend money on food. What are you gonna order? The old Jordan would have said it's a big tomahawk steak, but I don't eat it no more. So um, it'll for sure be something seafood wise that involves crab and lobster. Okay. For sure, seafood wise that involves crab and lobster. I love those. I'm actually I'm actually, I'm actually gonna make some um, some lobster later today. Nice. What are you gonna make? Uh, I'm gonna do a. I'm gonna do instead of a shrimp and grits, I'm gonna go ahead and do a catfish and grits with a Cajun crawfish sauce on top of that and some lobster bites. Oh, dude, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm I'll post it today. I'll post it to the page. <laughs> is <laughs> so, that for so, yourself? Or so you got, are you cooking for? Are you cooking for somebody, or is that just for you? Uh, I'm. I'm cooking for the family at the house. Okay. Have have a nice, nice. little lunch. So what's your what's your what's your go to meal that you like to cook at home? Parmesan crusted chicken with pesto noodles. That's my go to. Okay. I, I I could eat that any time of the day. That sounds good. Quick, quick and easy, but it's also so good. Yeah. What's the thing you ate a lot growing up that you miss? What's the thing if you could go back home to Georgia when you were eight years old that you would want to go back and relive and eat? This 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 is kind of this is kind of like going to throw you off because it's not something that like that you cook. I remember when I was a kid, I was I was a bit on the chubby side. I used to love eating uh, Hungry Man meals when I was younger. <laughs> you know the you know the little microwavable ones. I used to oh love hell yeah, those. absolutely. I used to love those. I used to well, I used to mess those up. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't eat them now, but the old Jordan back in Georgia, that was that was his go-to. Give me some Hungry oh, Meals, and I was good. <laughs> That's funny. Which hungry meal did you eat? What was your favorite? Um, I think I liked I liked the Salisbury the Salisbury steak one, mm-hmm. and also um, like the fried chicken one. Those those are my go to. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah, I haven't had one in forever. Yeah, probably good. Probably good to leave yeah. those as a memory. Yeah, leave those in the past. Oh man, that's cool. Right on, JT. Um, yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time. I think it's, uh, you know, I had no idea. I just figured looking at your, you know, looking back at your football bio that you must have had an injury, but knowing that it was uh, concussions. How how are your symptoms now? Do you still have, like, post-concussive symptoms at um, all or pretty much clear up? Well, well, now, like, mentally they're cleared up, but sometimes my neck still gets um, tight a lot of the times, and um, I can get headaches, bad headaches sometimes. But other than that, uh, I'm pretty good. I, I do yeah. um I do, I do yoga and go to the chiropractor so for the most part I'm all good. Gotcha. Right on. Yeah, my, well, yeah. good. Go ahead. Um, I, I was um my biggest thing was just I just always wanted to make it out make it out of football just with still a good head on my shoulders. That was like my biggest thing. Cause like it's, I know a lot of people yeah. play football for for years and like now they're like mentally they're all just messed up. They can't speak and it's just like oh yeah that's not. Like, I love the game, but I don't. I don't love the game to to be messed up after the game. Yeah, for real. I think that's a great story. That you know, it's uh, 
there's so many athletes who would have just, you know, as soon as they were cleared, gone back and just keep, keep trying, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like a sprained ankle, but it's your brain, right? Once it happens once. And then again, after that, it's easy for it to keep happening. So, and you know, um, and you know, like when, when, um, like back in the day when I was first, well, not back in the day, but when I was like playing younger concussions, they weren't like on the front or like they weren't out as much as they are now. It's like, they'll just call it like little head dingers and head ringers. But back then, like I was still getting like back concussions and like you still, you know, going out there. Yeah. So, not, yeah. so now I'm glad that it's like a lot more in the light to where these athletes can actually protect themselves. Absolutely. All right on, man. Again, I really appreciate you taking the time. All right, well, th- I appreciate you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity to be on your platform. I love it. That's going to do it for this episode of Max's Table. You can check out Jordan's YouTube channel by searching Visionary Eats as well as follow his cooking on Instagram, at VisionaryXEats. Be sure to check out all our other shows on the State Hornet Podcast Network, including our sports podcast, No Limits with Gary and Mac, and our State Hornet Spotlight Podcast with longer interviews, including the latest episode with lawyer and advocate for the Dreamer Resource Center, Andre Guerra, in an interview conducted in both English and Spanish all about the reinstatement of DACA. It's been a few weeks, but you can check out some of the things I've been cooking on the show page of this episode, including salted caramel macaron ice cream sandwiches that I made for my wife's birthday back in November. Congratulations to everyone for getting through an all-virtual semester. And until next time, as always, eat something you love with someone you love.